Welcome back to another episode of Real Talk. Jeff here. Brad, what's going on, dude? 65 days out from football. Nine weeks. Just over nine weeks and we're there. And we start pretty much our own countdown uh, doing division breakdowns. We're going to start with the first one that the... uh, the Facebook page voted on, which was the AFC North, which, by the way, also won last year's vote. Um, I think it's a combination of the fact that we live in Ohio, so you get a lot of Browns fans. And there's quite a few Steeler fans, including yourself. Um, and then, obviously, the Bengals won the Super Bowl, and the Ravens are have a pretty solid fan base. So I just think we have a ton of North fans that follow the Facebook page. I think it's just what it comes down to. Yeah, it's definitely a controversial page. A lot of, uh, just like any other division you got a lot of people who are maybe biased towards their own teams or have strong convictions towards their teams and uh yeah maybe maybe i wish it would have kind of lost the vote so we'd know a little bit more about deshaun watson that does kill some of the conviction behind predictions but something to talk about definitely yeah i think ultimately and we'll talk about this in a little bit but I guess we're just wondering, is is Deshaun going to get the Brady treatment where his suspension comes actually one full year later after the allegations, or is he going to get the the normal suspension treatment where it comes right away? And we'll find out here soon. I think he will. You, Go ahead. Say they don't have a uh, disciplinary decision. Is he allowed to play until they do have one? Correct. Or is, is he not allowed to play until they have one? No, he would be allowed. That's what happened with Brady. Gotcha. So there's a potential. The, the crazy play thing three is, games and then you get an eight-game suspension. Well, the thing, and to my knowledge, if that were to happen, if he were to play week one, he won't be suspended this year at all. He'll play the full year. It'd be the following. The year. only way he doesn't play the full year is if it just comes out and there's so much more to it that the team just says, "All right, we're cutting you," or "All right, we're going to suspend you," and you know what I mean. Like the league at that point isn't going to go any farther. Um, they could suspend him at any point, I guess, with the right information. But um, ultimately, I think it would just be pushed back to an actual – because right now it's an NFL court, and they're saying if it goes to legal court, then, I mean, we, we might be looking at a delayed suspension similar to what Brady got um, for Deflategate a couple years ago. Uh, a couple things before we start. I wanted to shout out my daughter. Um, but before we do that – Which one? So, my oldest daughter, Maisie. Um, and I'm going to get to the reason here in a second, but I want to kind of start with this. Do you know who Jay? I, I know, I know, you know, but do you know who Jason McCordy is? Mm-hmm. Okay. So he was a former Tennessee Titan. He made the pro bowl with the Titans. Um, and then towards the end of his time with the Titans, he actually got shuffled in with the Browns and he played on their Owen 16 team. I don't know if you knew that. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then the very next year, do you remember where he went? To the Patriots, right? He went to the Patriots and won the Super Bowl. Okay. So he is the only player in NFL history, feel free to fact check this, that played on a winless team in the next year won the Super Bowl. Okay. It's only been, there's only been like two winless teams. But my daughter last year playing softball played on a winless team. I think they went 0 18. They did not win a single game. And as soon as me and Brad are done with this pod, I am going to go to my daughter's championship softball game. So she has the opportunity to win. A championship one year after not winning a single game, which is kind of cool. I thought that was kind of cool. I told her, I was like, listen, you have an opportunity to become Jason McCourty. And she's like, why? (laughs) (laughs) So uh, shout out Maisie. Um, Good luck tonight with, uh, with the game. 
Second thing before we get going, I was at the USFL championship game over the weekend. And uh-huh. yeah, I didn't really follow the the season too much only because like Michigan ended up sucking right from the get. I think I maybe caught their first game and then I just like uh, got busy and stuff like that was happening. Plus I was traveling for work, but um, the presentation was great. The stadium was packed. And I think if this league actually gets to be in some home stadiums, I, I think this league can actually work. I think this is going to, they're already saying season two is a go. So um, yeah, the hardest, the hardest thing for it is going to be when the XFL comes next year. Cause there was rumors that because the XFL has multiple deals with the NFL in terms of being kind of like Fox a farm league, and, they yeah. have Fox and ESPN and the other yeah. thing is, is there was rumors that some guys weren't signing long contracts in the USFL because they planned to go to the XFL. So it did work this year, and there is a room for a spring league if it can work. But the way Dwayne Johnson is working with the NFL hand-in-hand, hand, um, the XFL also going to be in multiple different cities. Um, we'll see if it can sustain it. But, yeah, I didn't think they did a bad job at all. Yeah, yeah. But let's talk some NFL football. Um, I did put out a post for two mailbag. Those are both Steeler related questions. So when they come to those teams, we will talk, but I forget. Do we start with the best team or the worst team? We can do whatever you want. Let's start with the worst team. The Browns? Yeah. No, it was the Ravens. They finished fourth. But... Sorry, it was the Ravens. Yep. So, um... Go ahead and get it off. So the Baltimore Ravens in 2021 finished the year eight and nine, and they lost their last six games. Um, Definitely not a place the Ravens are traditionally at. Uh, They've been more competitive over the last several years, especially with Lamar, but Lamar ended up getting hurt. And that was really the story of their season. Lamar Jackson, J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, Marcus Peters, amongst other players, all suffering uh, basically season-ending injuries. The key ads, though, I want to talk some key ads here. Uh, they did have two first-round picks. So you got the safety Kyle Hamilton out of Notre Dame, the center Tyler Linderbaum out of Iowa. Uh, the former Pro Bowl cornerback Kyler Fuller, they snatched him away from the Broncos. That'll be a solid ad to lock up there with Peterson. Or, uh, sorry, not Peterson, but Marcus Peters. And then the defensive tackle, Michael Pierce, who was a former Raven, went to the Colts, I believe, for – well, he set out COVID – Went to the Colts for a year, and now he's back with the Ravens. So that's a nice add for them to get back. Uh, key losses, though. They lost Sammy Watkins to the Packers. Uh, Jimmy Smith, their second corner that's usually up there with with Peters, he has not signed a contract yet. He's still a free agent. I would assume that he's probably not coming back to this team at least. Uh, running back Latavius Murray, who helped fill in some gas for the massively injured running back room. And then... Alejandro Villanueva, the offensive tackle, who's been a staple for them. Um, outside of that, off-season issues, comments, concerns. So this is a team that a lot of people thought would win the division. Uh, Lamar Jackson, his team, uh, ready to go. Um, and like you said, they just every year one team gets decimated by injuries, sometimes multiple teams. And it was the Ravens. We remember, you know, about a month, month from where we are now, everybody's story just started lighting up. Marcus Peters gone for the year. Hill gone for the year. Dobbins down. Edwards gone. 
they just lost so many pieces, which sets them up for a favorable fourth place schedule going into this year. I think it's something that helps them out tremendously. Um, when you talk about the addition of Kyle Fuller, who has been a Pro Bowl cornerback, you start to look at also they added Marcus Williams, who's been a safety for the Saints. So their secondary may be the best in the league, and it runs five deep. Kyle Fuller, Marcus Peters, and their best corner, Marlon Humphreys. And then you have Kyle Hamilton and Marcus Williams as your safeties. Their versatility in the back end, I think, is going to be something that can keep them in a lot of games, especially when you talk about you got to win your division first. And you're playing, you're trying to beat the Bengals. You know, they won it last year and what they have going on. So I really like what the Ravens have done uh, with their draft. Like you mentioned, Kyle Hamilton, Linderbaum, David Ojabo. They also had a lot of picks. They took a D tackle, O tackle, corner, tight end, punter, tight end, corner, running back. They had a lot of picks to bolster up the roster. Um, As you can see, they drafted two tight ends and, you know, they have Mark Andrews. They're going to do a lot of run scheme. They lose Hollywood Brown. That's tough. But this team's always been a unique offense that runs first and runs often. And I think we could see a resurgence from the Ravens because this was a team that even with the injuries had the number one seed halfway through the season in the AFC. But eventually the injuries caught up to them. But I think the Ravens are a very scary team in a loaded AFC this year. Yeah, the one thing that we we bring up every single year, and you know, maybe some people have caught on to it, maybe it still goes unnoticed, but the Ravens are going to play a fourth place schedule. They're going to see of the opposite three divisions. They're going to see the you know the worst teams of those divisions. Now, mind you, the NFL is better than it's ever been, so obviously those teams are still probably pretty good. But um, watch out for the Ravens to make leaps in bounds improvement this year i i just they're arguably the most improved team based off of injuries and what they added and what their their first round and second round entailed they're arguably the most improved team across the board and they didn't even do that much it's just they were so decimated and if you remember correctly they used a backup quarterback for i think five of their last six games or six of the last six games or seven of their last eight whatever it was and they went for two to win the game, I think, three different times. So this is a team that knows who they are. They're not going to waver. And at the end of the day, they're going to be so aggressive, and they're going to beat you playing the exact same way going forward on fourth and short, going for two to try and win a game. Um, I, this team is going to be right back to where they were over the last four years since Lamar's got there, in my opinion, going forward this year. Do you want to go over their first five? Yeah, sure. So week one at the Jets, I have as a W right out the gate. I like them to win there too. Okay. Week two, home against the Miami Dolphins. Obviously, the Dolphins are a team that I'm excited to talk about. A lot of people are hyping the Dolphins. I have them beating the Miami Dolphins. I do too. Um, Dolphins are looking like they may have to be pass heavy this year. And like I just pointed out with the Ravens secondary, also, I think the the weakness in their defense is their front seven and against the Ravens running game. Also, last time they played them, they were embarrassed on a Thursday night football. I think we all remember that game. So, um, yeah, home opener, Ravens. Uh, week three is at New England. 
Lots of question marks with New England. I'm very excited to talk about them as well. The homer pick inside of me couldn't resist. I got the Ravens winning this one too, 3-0. Yeah, I always struggle. This is, I think, our third year now on the podcast. And I always struggle on when to be biased and not biased for my own team. But I also struggle when I'm talking to someone and I know I disagree so badly. Like, I don't know how I feel about the Patriots right now. And I know I don't want to say bad because, like you said, there's a lot of teams in the NFL that can win any given Sunday. A lot of good teams, they could go either way and I wouldn't be shocked. But what I do know is I feel strongly about the Ravens being a pretty good team next year. Same. Um, so I'm I'm actually going to take the Ravens here to go three and zero. I'm not yeah. coming out to say the Patriots are garbage. I I don't know how I feel. I can't wait till their breakdown so that I can, you know, learn a little bit more yeah. about them. And first off, I'm a fan of them. I follow their every move, and I don't know what they're going to be. Yeah. So like both of our teams this year, kind of. Yeah, there's a lot of there's tons of question marks, um, but I do know that New England was rough at home last year, and just because it's a home game for New England doesn't mean they're going to beat the Ravens. I like the Ravens in this matchup. We both have them at three and zero right now. Here's the good one though. Don't have it in front of me. I wish I wrote it down. I'm an idiot. Week four, home against the Buffalo Bills. I'm not sure if it's on Sunday night, Monday night. <laughs> One o'clock on Sunday. That's incredible. CBS. <laughs> this will probably be uh, Tony Romo and Jim Nance. CBS, 1 o'clock. That is insane that's a 1 o'clock matchup. But where well, are you going here? Well, what, I, what I'm going with again, here, here's where I'm at. The secondary, again, I keep pointing it out, but this secondary is going to be one of the best in the league. Yeah. And Buffalo's pass heavy. Mm-hmm. However, they have a good defense, but their strength, I believe, is also in the secondary. I like the Ravens' run game. I like him at home, and the Bills can't go 17-0 as much as everyone wants to crown them this juggernaut. Ravens are 4-0 at the gate with a statement win against Buffalo. Wow. Also, what I just noticed as well, the Ravens open up with the NFC East in their first four games. Or the AFC East. Yeah. Jets, Dolphins, Patriots, Bills. They play the whole AFC East, and maybe they get a loss in there somewhere. But I believe the other the statement win. I like them to win at home against Buffalo. Give me four and zero for the Ravens. <laughs> so here's the thing: the Jets are improved, but they'll beat the Jets. Miami's improved; they'll beat the Dolphins. Not sure what to think about the Patriots. I still think they beat the Patriots. It's too much. I think I think they they the Bills hand them a loss. Even though the matchup point that you brought up, I absolutely agree with. They match up great with them. Maybe it's lower scoring, but I just think that Josh Allen is on. He's just he's. Here's one. I can't wait till we talk about quarterbacks later on. But he's he's up there. Just dipping into the Bills for a quick second. Their week three is at Miami. So they're going from at Miami to at Ravens. That's probably a tough week of schedule because you're flying back. The, the weather changes, all that kind of stuff. We'll see because the Bills have a tough, tough opening schedule. So we'll see how so, it goes. But I, I, I have them at three and one. You have them at four and oh. Week five, the team I that swept them last year and they didn't play a close game. 
the Bengals at home, though. Ravens are at home. Where are you going here? Bengals Sunday night. Okay. Wow. Here we go. We're disagreeing. So I, I, they're I, I have going, a, They're going four and one. I just don't know which where their loss is. And I, I agree. I agree. Back. They're going four and one. Here's 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 where I'm at. Ravens got embarrassed last year by the Bengals twice. Ravens finished eight and nine after being eight and three in, like you said, a number one seed at one point. This is an absolute flex game. Like flex your muscles. We're the kings of the north. They're putting it down the Bengals at home week five. They're moving to four and one. And everyone's talking about the Ravens. Like I'm going to be talking about them through this entire breakdown and throughout the season, a team I'm super high on, massively high on. I got Ravens at four and one. You got them at four and one. Anything else on the Ravens? Yeah, just pointing it out to some of you guys who think maybe it's, it's crazy or maybe you're agreeing, but the Ravens have had some question marks in the playoffs. Over the past three or four years, but, but not in the, reg- in the regular in the season. regular season. This has been a consistent team that's high seeded, winning the division outside of bad, bad injuries last year. And the thing is, is the Ravens and Browns were both eight and nine. The Steelers were nine, seven, and one, and the Bengals were ten and seven. This division was separated by two wins from fourth place to first place. These teams are all even. Um, yeah, I didn't expect the Ravens to uh, – I don't know. They're going to be good. They're going to be good. This is the second-best division in football, in my opinion, especially if Deshaun Watson plays. So in 2018 is the year that Flacco started the season and Lamar took over. They went 10-6. and six. They lost in the wild card that year. Okay? The very next year was the big one. This is Lamar's MVP year. They went 14-2. and two. They lost the divisional round. They scored over 500 points that year. Okay, they were elite, elite. They won the division both those years, though, 18 and 19. Okay. 2020, the COVID year, they went 11 and 5. They lost in the divisional round. Okay, but they had won a playoff game, but they lost the second one. They finished second in the division that year. Okay, and then this past year, they went eight and nine, like we said, decimated with injuries. They were eight okay? and three, and then lost six. That's crazy. Yeah, like you said, the Packers, Steelers, and one other team—they lost on two-point conversions. This is a team that's historically going to win twelve games without blinking. I mean, that's just what they're going to do. So, um, off the top of my head, I have them at twelve and five, and we'll see if I have them winning the division. But um, I think twelve and five is a very fair record for them, and I think that they're going to be the shock of the league because people think that they're just kind of written off right now. The division should be fun, too, because they play four of their six divisional games in their last five. Four of their Jeez last five are divisional games. They finished the year at Pittsburgh, at Cleveland, home against the Falcons, home against the Steelers, at the Bengals. So the Falcons are the only easy, if you're calling it easy game. Yeah, that's on Christmas Eve at one. So next up would be the Browns. So the Browns out, I mean, we've been talking about this team for forever about getting into it, but let's do, let's just do the simple stuff here. The Browns 2021, they ended eight and nine. Everybody knows what happened with Baker. That's well documented. He played through a toward labrum. He was very injured. 
Um, it ended up being a, to be, let's just call it a spade a spade. It was a dumpster fire of a season for them. And it, it pretty much went off the tracks. And uh, it led to this. The Cleveland Browns decided they were going to trade for Deshaun Watson. Uh, we talked about a little bit of Deshaun Watson last week, and everybody is pretty well aware of what's going on there. Uh, but not only do they trade for him, they make him the highest paid quarterback via guaranteed money in NFL history. Um, right before that, though, they traded for Amari Cooper in what's actually probably the steal of the offseason. So they have one of the worst trades if it, you know, if all the punishments hold up and one of the best trades. It's kind of weird how that all falls out. They got Amari Cooper for basically a bag of chips. Um, if you're comparing it to how other players were traded this offseason, they they get a number one wide receiver for almost nothing. They did end up going out and getting Jacoby Brissett, uh, a guy that's won some games in this league for a couple of different teams. He's kind of bounced around. Um, I think that's the case of Deshaun's getting suspended. Baker won't play for us. Here's Jacoby Brissett kind of thing. And then they trade uh, with the Patriots for Chase Winovich. In that trade, they lose linebacker Mac Wilson. Other losses were Austin Hooper, their captain, Jarvis Landry, and a longtime fan favorite, Rashard Higgins, receivers. So uh, with everything I told you, what do you got for offseason news? I just think that this team, um, everyone is talking about the offense. You know, their quarterback position is a big topic, and people talk about losing J.C. Treader on the offensive line. But what we know is this team – should be run first, regardless of who the quarterback is. And Brissett, if he is the guy, is serviceable. But again, what did we always say about Baker? This team can win without great quarterback play. This team is a roster. So they're able to keep Nick Chubb, re-sign Dearness Johnson, and Kareem Hunt is looking for an extension to stay with the team. Amari Cooper's a number one. Donovan Peoples-Jones started to come into his year. You just need someone to step up for your number three wide receiver. Maybe somebody will. This offensive line can still go. Jedrick Wills Jr., Bettino, Wyatt Teller, Jack Conklin. Like, those – wait, did they lose Wyatt Teller? No, it was J.C. Yeah. Cheddar. Their names are pretty close. Um, yeah. they, but they have four good offensive linemen. What I'd like to focus on is the defense, though. Miles Garrett and Jadavion Clowney as your edge rushers. It's a nice combo. Maybe a underrated but rookie of the year candidate, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromo, was a fantastic linebacker for him. Then in the defensive backfield, they have Denzel Ward, Greg Newsom II, and Grady Williams, along with John Johnson III, and Grant Delpit finally gets to showcase his skills after being injured. One of the top-rated safeties when he came out of his draft. This defense is going to be able to go. This defense is going to be able to play in all all situations of the game, and their defense played well last year. It really came down to them playing with an incredibly hurt quarterback who was turning the ball over. Uh, if this team takes care of the ball, then you have to drive 60, 70 yards on this defense. It's going to be a tough out. And something that I'd like to go through, we, we'll go through the wins and losses in their first five in a little bit, but Say Deshaun gets suspended early in the season. Their first four games is arguably their easiest stretch. Carolina, Jets, Steelers, Falcons. I mean, those four games are all winnable if they don't have Deshaun Watson. Baker Mayfield could still play. I don't know. But, again, we can get further into their schedule. But 
I really like their roster. Love their running backs. I don't know how you couldn't. Offensive line, check. Running backs, check. Defense, check. This team is really good if they can just avoid turnovers from the quarterback position. Yeah, I mean, I just uh, it, – it's really, really hard to give an honest assessment on this team without 100% knowing the actual fate of Deshaun Watson. Because if Deshaun Watson is going to play, I think this is a really good team, like a scary good team. Um, if he doesn't play or if he only plays half the year, I think it's a complete utter toss-up. We honestly don't know what we're getting. Um, I would even like to know if Baker's going to – you know, if he's going to service – for this team or not like where's you know but ultimately i think uh we know what we know as you pointed out they're a run team they're gonna kind of be that they're gonna rush the passer um and they have a really tough division so with that let's go into the first five week one at the panthers um i do want to note that in my head i'm gonna give watson eight games I wanted to talk about this, too. I was going to stop you after four games, but we'll just keep going through this. But also, potentially, guys, if Baker goes to the Panthers week one, he could be playing against the Browns. <laughs> I think that's just something funny to think about. Honest to God, I think he's traded after week one immediately. I don't think they want him on the other team. I don't think they want that circus. I still think if they trade him, he's going to Seattle, but. We'll talk about that at a different time if it happens. But week one at Carolina, you go ahead. What do you got? You, you kind of said that you want to talk about Watson's suspension or? Well, I was going to after, like, so basically we can just get into it real quick. Let's say uh, we all agree that he's going to get something, right? Like we do think I, he's going to get something. I, I think it would be two scenarios. A, postponed. Or B, at least half the season. If it okay. is less or none, I'll use the word shocked. I'm not shocked often. I would be shocked. So we got Deshaun Watson, who hasn't played NFL football for 16 months, almost yeah. two years. So let's say he gets four games. He gets to come back against Chargers, Patriots, Ravens, Bengals. Four really tough games. That's brutal especially on the defensive side. Okay, let's say he gets eight, like you you say, and he comes back week nine during the bye week. He gets to open up with the defenses of at Miami, at Buffalo versus Tampa. Then he gets a reunion game where he plays against the Texans, but then it's back to Bengals, Ravens, Saints. Like, wherever he comes back in the season – He's facing almost a gauntlet of really good defenses. Like the Browns are kind of pitted up in in these stretches of really good defensive teams that they have to go up against. Because, like I said, they kind of put four of their favorable games all in the first four. So this hard schedule that the AFC North plays, theirs is basically after the first month of football. We're not going to know what the Browns are till their bye week, week nine, because their first four games and then their next five or their next four, excuse me, are going to be drastically different in terms of level of competition, I believe. Yeah, so I guess we'll just talk about the first five, but I'm going off of an eight-game suspension, so he's not going to be in any of these five. Um, I have them winning against the Panthers. The Panthers are a team that, since this pod started, I've been really high on. Uh, I jumped off the wagon. I sold all my stock. I'm out on them. 
Uh, I think the Browns beat him down, even without Deshaun. Yeah, Sam Darnold against the Browns. Def- Sam Darnold against the NFL. I don't like it. Fair. Uh, week two, speaking of Sam Darnold, the former Jet quarterback, the Jets. Okay. Um, while I think this team's improved, this is a Browns home opener. Okay. And again, no matter who's at quarterback, I like this roster versus that Jet roster. I think Cleveland rolls the 2-0. and yeah, um, not to get too far in the Jets, but I think this will be one of the funnest offenses to watch and one of the worst defenses to watch. I think this team is too unbalanced, and their offense has a lot of young pieces, so we don't know how good it will be. Um, yes, I like the Browns here, too. Uh, week three is, I think, when reality catches up. You have a veteran coach and a veteran team looking to really just estate them, assess themselves against good talent. And the Browns are that. And, you know, Pittsburgh, depending on what you think of them, I think they have their, their quarterback situ- situation figured out um, who that's going to be only they know, but I think they have a quarterback that can beat the Browns. And I like the, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, I'm probably going to take some bullets standing up with some pretty strong takes for the Steelers. Um, but Kirk Herbstreit, Al Michaels, Thursday night in Cleveland, Steelers get a dub. Uh, week four, this is probably debatable, and I think we're going to disagree here. But while Atlanta is not good, they're good enough in the circus that is Cleveland. On the road at Atlanta, I'm taking the Falcons, actually. Everyone on this pod knows I can never find a reason to root for the Falcons. Browns bounce back and go to three and one. I think the Browns can take the Falcons. Okay. Uh, week five, they're home against the Chargers. Uh, this would be an exciting game, especially if there are no suspensions. But um, I'm, I'm again, I'm assuming there are. Chargers come into Cleveland and Justin Herbert puts on a show. Herbert and the Chargers get the W. In what was one of the games of the year last year in LA. Bottom line, Chargers are really good at football. They're gonna take really good. Really good. Excited. I'm excited to talk about them. Spoiler. Right now, if I had to pick a team to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl, I pick the Chargers. We'll get to the AFC West eventually, but that is my preseason. Now the AFC, however they get there, whatever seven teams are in the playoffs on the AFC side, good luck. It's good luck, but I like the Chargers a lot. Are we good talking about Cleveland? Yeah. Are you ready? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, think next so. up, finished second in the division last year. It's the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, their 2021 record was 9-7-1. and one. Um, Let's talk about the ads. Yeah. Uh, first, round, first round pick, Kenny Pickett. That was, a, that was a pretty big pickup. But they had already picked up quarterback Mitch Trubisky, the former Chicago Bears starter, the one-year backup for the Buffalo Bills. Um, I added this because I really liked this draft pick, uh, George Pickens, in the second round. 
I think that adds a lot of talent oh. there. Uh, this is one of the underrated pickups in the across the entire league that I don't feel like enough people are talking about. Miles Jack heading to um, Blitzburg, I think, is a huge pickup for them. And then I believe it's wide receiver Miles Boykin, correct? Um, are the draft pick? No, the, just the wide receiver. I think he came over from. Uh, I think he was uh, a Brown. It wasn't okay. even enough for me to put him on my paper. Okay, he all won't. right. I don't think he'll. Um, key losses. There's a lot. <laughs> uh, Juju to Kansas City. James Washington to Dallas. Ray Ray McLeod to the 49ers. That's three receivers right off the cuff. Uh, right guard Trey Turner to Washington. Cornerback uh, Joe Hayden, as of right now, it sounds like he's not going to be a Steeler. Bring him back. <laughs> it sounds it like he's like not going to be a Steeler. It sounds like he's flirting with the Browns. I think if their quarterback situation was figured out, I think he'd already be a Brown, but who knows? And then, of course, the Hall of Famer, uh, retired Big Ben Roethlisberger. So, anything else that I forgot you want to talk about off-season news notes? I do. So, the Steelers lose Big Ben. Hear me out. We all saw the last two years of Steelers football. They upgrade to Mitch Trubisky at quarterback. So, they lose Big Ben, Garrett Mitch, and Kenny, if you want to say that. It's a rookie. We don't know. But, Matt Canada's offense, mobility in today's NFL. We need it. We haven't had it in a long time. Steelers led the league in three and outs last year and still had a positive win record. Um, the mobility at the quarterback position is helpful. They lose Joe Hayden. They add Levi Wallace. He was the number two corner for the Bills, became the number one when Travis White got hurt. Pro football focus had him as the eighth best man-to-man coverage corner in the NFL. So you mentioned we lost Trey Turner at guard. Dude was a flag machine, though, by the way. Lots of personal fouls, anger stuff. We add James Daniels, former Pro Bowler from the Bears, their best offensive lineman, and Mason Cole, center from the Vikings, who, like, I think he's only allowed one sack in the last, like, two seasons or something like that. I know centers don't often give up a lot, but still, Go blue. They Yes, Michigan captain. Uh, we lose Joe Schobert at middle linebacker. We add Miles Jack. Also, Devin Bush, one year removed from injury, and we add Brian Flores as a linebacker's coach. We'll see what he can do in the room. Um, we lose the, the uh, Ray Ray McLeod, return guy slash receiver. We grab a guy you're familiar with, Gunnar Olszewski from the New England Patriots. Olszewski. Or, that's how you say it. It's a yeah. lot of letters there in a weird It is. It's order. a ton of letters. Um, we lose Stefan to it to retirement. However, he did not play last year, so I don't think you'll see much of a miss there. However, we regain Tyson Alualu from injury, and we sign Larry Ogunjobi. Um, we lose Juju Smith-Schuster. We draft George Pickens. So everywhere that the Steelers have lost a piece, you can argue they not only replaced it, but maybe have even improved at that position. Now, the schedule's tough. So I don't know if the schedule reflected, but I think if you're a team that played the Steelers last year, you will be playing a better Steelers this year under Mike Tomlin. I think it's exciting that we have, uh, you know, for me, it's been Big Ben since I've been, you know, watching the NFL. So it'll be interesting to see a new quarterback. But all I know is I saw what Matt Nagy was able to do without Mitch Trubisky and it got him fired. And when he had him, he had a 13-3 and three season. And I know a lot of people may say, well, their defense was ridiculous. Well, guess whose defense is going to be ridiculous this year? The Pittsburgh Steelers defense. It's the most expensive 
playmakers everywhere. Cameron Hayward, TJ Watt, Minka Fitzpatrick lead that list. Um, the Steelers are going to boldly attack the question, can you win with a defense first team? Clearly, they have gone all in on the defense, super young on the offense. We'll see who's going to step up. But the way Juju and James Washington have played, if you told me Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, George Pickens, Pat Firemuth, Najee Harris, I really like the weapons. I think the Steelers are going to be a team that everyone feels they can beat, but nobody wants to play. I think that's really fair. A lot of good assessments there. I just think that the Steelers are one of the several teams in the league that I don't have a grasp on. Um, They fall in that New Orleans Saints category from last year for me. Um, They fall in the Minnesota Vikings category for the last probably five years for me. Um, They fall in the Miami Dolphins often. They're just uh, lots of question marks. And if three quarters of those question marks are positives, the Steelers are going to be really good. Unfortunately, I don't love a lot of their acquisitions. I know you're you're high on them, and I would anticipate that you would be. Obviously, you're a fan of the team, so um, it's an exciting time. But I don't love two quarterbacks coming in, both brand new. That doesn't bode well, in my opinion. Um, I did want to say something I learned, too, after the drafting of Kenny Pickett. When Kenny Pickett was doing his visiting for schools, one, Matt Canada, the guy who recruited Kenny Pickett, never got to coach him because he got, you know, hired to the NFL. So there's history there. And secondly, when Kenny Pickett was visiting North Carolina, he was housed by Mitch Trubisky and stayed with him for about a week. And they actually had a pretty good friendship that's lasted through his collegiate career into the Steelers. Um, so at least they have like a pretty good bonding already. It's not two guys coming in who who don't understand their situation. And I think Mitch signing a two-year, $7 million a year deal, knowing we were going to draft a quarterback new. Like, I think there's a lot of things that's like, at least the guys in the room know what's going on here. So, ready for their first five? Yeah. One second. Okay. So, again, this is a really tough division. So, like, yeah. There anybody in this division's first five schedules, first five games can be very misleading. But um, week one is at the Bengals. Bengals obviously coming off that Super Bowl loss, but are a very hot team. I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong. They had their way with you twice last year. They only won by fourteen and thirty-one. Okay. Yeah. They they're a pretty good team. Yeah. Um, I, I'm excited to talk about the Bengals here very momentarily, but I'm very high on the Bengals. Uh, I think they win. Too many new pieces against a team that pieced them up twice last year. The Steelers will be 0-1. Uh, week two, home against the Patriots. So the Patriots, shockingly, were a really good road team last year and a really awful home team. Uh, the Patriots have question marks, but not in the areas that I would be scared in. Personally, I have the Patriots winning this game. The Steelers dropped 0-2. Um. I'll put it this way after we get here in a couple minutes. Also, we got to talk about possibly going to this game, obviously, in Hinesville. I'll come back to this game in a second. Like I said, I'll get to it later. I'm going to give the Steelers a win in their home opener. We're going to get back to it in a minute. 
I don't okay. feel super, super fun. Like, oh, this is a W, but. It's 100% like a 100% a coin flip game. It's yeah, 100% a coin flip game. for the Steelers. I, I like it. Okay. Uh, week three at the Browns. I just told you the Steelers would win. I haven't changed my mind the last minute and a half. So Steelers win that one. Same. Week four at the Jets. I just had this entire division beating up on the Jets. Again, I do think the Jets are improved, just not enough to beat good football teams. And the Steelers are going to hover around that 500 mark this year, in my opinion. And this is where they get one of those wins. They moved it two and two. <laughs> okay. So that's funny you say that um, because I have a win here too. But I believe the Steelers somewhere after four games will be two and two. I just think we drop one of those three games. I just gave them a dub. I just don't know which one it is. I could see it. I mean, but but that's why maybe the Patriots, they do lose. And you said hover around that 500 mark. I just think there is a lot of new moving pieces. So, you know, actually against Bill Belichick, still with all the new pieces trying to figure it out, I'm going to switch it to a loss against the Patriots. But also the thing is, if we go, I'm currently 5-0 and oh when I'm in Pittsburgh. So that's it. Know. I'm out. Week five is at Buffalo. I can't wait to break this team down. I can't wait to talk a little Josh Allen. Um, I, I think they're the best team in the AFC. Spoiler alert. Um, I think that they beat the Steelers and probably pretty handily. Steelers smacked them down week one last year. They did. No, 100%. It was a deep, it was an ugly game. Blocked yeah. punts for something like, yeah. now, I, I think the Buffalo Bills win, but just people who are out there listening, who maybe agree to see that the Steelers might be two and two. We're not going to go game by game in terms of what we think, but this is their stretch following the New York Jets. At Buffalo, home against the Buccaneers, at the Dolphins, at the Eagles, bye week. Home against the Saints, home against the Bengals at the Colts. Yikes. It's just, that's just tough. It's just, so like I said, I think the Steelers could be improved and their record may not reflect that. I think there's a chance that the Steelers will be in a lot of games and maybe finish third or fourth in the division. And in 2023, that season could be a real emerging team under a new offense. But um, we'll see. All these games are 0-0 right now. Steelers have a chance. Obviously, all teams do. But it is a brutal middle of the schedule. October and November is just a gauntlet for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm ready to talk about the uh, the AFC champions. Yeah, they're good. It is so weird that we're talking about them in this light. But the AFC was represented by the Cincinnati Bengals this past year. Uh, let's talk about them. The Cincinnati Bengals of 2021 went 10-7 and seven and lost the Super Bowl. It's literally crazy to say. Um, head coach Zach Taylor signed a five-year extension this offseason. Wanted him. to make sure I got that in there. I, I wrote uh, it down, too. I made sure I wrote it down. Yeah. Key ads. First-round pick, Dax Hill. Um let me let me preface let me preface this with a question. Where did the Bengals suck? They had one weakness. Two massive additions on the offensive line. Absolutely Ar- massive. Arguably three, but two massive ones. Correct. So you got Laurel Collins, huge ad. Okay, goes to the Bengals. Equally Alex big Kapka. loss for the Cowboys. Yeah, Alex Kapka, dog for the Buccaneers. 
left assuming Brady was done. And when Brady called him, it was too late. He's with the Kapka. future Brady. <laughs> yeah. Kapka is with the Bengals. That's a massive ad. And then under the radar, really good utility lineman can play multiple spots. Ted Karras from New England, offensive lineman. Nobody's talking about that one because obviously they got two studs, but Karras is a dog too. And then they lose CJ Uzma. Uzma. Am I, am I butchering that? It's like Uzumar or something like yeah. that. But we, everyone they knows pick, who you're talking everybody about. Everybody knows what I'm talking about. They picked up Hayden Hurst, a very solid, capable tight end. Uh, they also lost Trey Wayne's cornerback. But I think Hayden Hurst is team, a better two-way tight end than CJ was. Agree. This team lost the Super Bowl, had one weakness. They massively upgraded it. They're ready to go. They're ready to go. This is the expectations this for this team are literally there. They, you cannot see them. They're through the screen. If you're looking at me on YouTube, they're through the screen. Um, the, the Bengals are loaded. They are loaded. They have multiple things. And Joe Burrow is, uh, how should I say it? He's that guy. He is that guy. Um, I'll let you go. Um, I think you covered it. I don't have too much more to go into the Bengals. This was a team that captivated everybody because in most of our lifetimes, they've never been a team that warranted hatred. They've never been a team that warranted you to have it out for the Bengals. They were just a team that if you're in the division, you beat most of the time. And if you weren't in the division, you'd see them in the playoffs here or there. They'd win maybe one game, then they're gone. Carson Palmer into Andy Dalton, good enough quarterbacks, but nothing that frightened you. Um, other than their defense having a few dirty players over the years, there was really nothing to warrant that. So having this this Joe Burrow come from Ohio State and area, most of the people we live around are familiar with, goes to LSU, has an unremarkable season, and he gets hurt. So you have the comeback story where everyone can kind of root for that. It's the lowly Bengals with an injury. And then they get to draft his best friend wide receiver. And what do they do? Nothing shy of just shattering records. The, the offense that they have coupled with a few good plays on defense. And then you watch him in the playoffs. Sacked eight times. Win. Sacked nine times. Win. They face the, the Rams. And it's a, it's a field goal game. But this team just captivated everybody later in the year everybody's excited. Everyone's ready to watch the Bengals this year. And I don't think they're, they're going to disappoint. This team is 10 and seven and they may just build on that. Um, the, uh, I think the Ravens and Bengals are going to be the two teams fighting for the North. Um, that's unbiased. I obviously think the Steelers will be in there. Browns, like we've said, if Deshaun plays, absolutely. If he doesn't, they're a good enough roster. So you have to give AFC West the best division in football by default. I don't think there's too many people that would argue the AFC North being number two, NFC West throwing their hat in the ring. Um, this this division's ridiculous. Um, it's going to be tough. However, they were able to crush the Ravens and crush the Steelers twice apiece last year. And that's a good place to start when you want to win the division. Yeah, you pretty much nailed it on the head. Um, I don't honestly don't know if I have too much more to add. I guess I'll say this. 
Bengals had two draft picks last year that were absolutely mocked. Everybody understood that the Jamar Chase pick, but they laughed because they didn't have a tackle to protect Joe Burrow. And then the Bengals drafted a kicker, I believe, in the fourth round. Evan McPherson. And, and everybody laughed at it. There was memes created about it. And it turned out to be two of the greatest picks in the history of their franchise, you could argue, certainly. So Bengals know what they're doing, man. They have such in such a unique group because it's fairly homegrown. Obviously, the offensive line isn't now, but the team's very homegrown. They have a ton of wide receivers that they've invested in first-round picks in over the last couple of years. Their veteran would be like Joe Mixon, who I believe is like 27 years old, so he's oh. still good to go. He's what? good, but he's my least favorite running back in the league. I get it. I get I it. He's got some, he's got some he's history. I just yeah, he's got guy. some history. Um, are we good to go first five on this team? Absolutely. Game one, I just told you a second ago, they are home against Pittsburgh. I had them winning that game. Ditto. Yep. Uh, week two, this will be a fun one. Don't know what time or place, but it's at the Dallas Cowboys. 425 CBS. Huge game. That's a fun one. Uh, I have them winning that game. Uh, stay tuned. I can't wait to bury the Dallas Cowboys in that division breakdown. Bengals win game two. You're always so unnecessarily hard on the Cowboys. I can't wait to bury the Cowboys. <laughs> They're going to be so bad this year. Sorry, Jen. I know you're listening. <laughs> I'm going to bury the Dallas Cowboys. Jen's like, all right, I'm done with this podcast. <laughs> Uh, week three at the Jets. They pummeled the Jets. Yeah, Jets take this one. Last time I played the Jets, they had five touchdowns from a guy I can't even remember his name. <laughs> so, yeah, the Jets are just too bad. They're going to lose. They're 3-0. Week four is going to be an exciting matchup because people are going to be buzzing about the Dolphins. Hopefully they haven't lost every game by then. Well, hopefully they do lose every game by then. But if they haven't, it'll be a buzz. Watch out. Joe Burrow and the Bengals put it down on the Dolphins. They moved to 4-0. You talk about the Thursday night schedule just off the cuff. Week three, it's the Steelers and Browns. Then they turn Great. around week four and have Bengals-Dolphins. Joe Great. Burrow versus Tua Taglavioli. That's good. I heard the really Thursday night there. schedule in its entirety. It'd be fr- it's prime, prime, video, it. prime video paid. Yeah, oh, yeah. Pretty, it's bonkers. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the Thursday night schedule. And who's calling it? It's Herb Street now, Michaels, correct? Yeah, and the the panel is Akib Talib, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and Richard Sherman, I believe. Yeah, they ain't messing around. They got elite games. Give me, give me, you have the Thursday night schedule. I am pulling it up right now. So, okay, so week one, they don't get it technically because it's the it's Rams Sunday night football. And, it's Sunday night football. Rams Broncos, is it? Rams anyway, Bills. they don't, they don't get it. So, Week two, it starts off slow. Chargers at Chiefs. <laughs> you said starts off. Man, you hit then, me with a wind up there. Then week three, Steelers at Browns. Week four, Dolphins at Bengals. Week five, Colts at Broncos. Week six, Commanders at Bears. Okay, that's rough. Week they- seven. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. I'm- yeah. No, go ahead. I'm oh, sorry. The connection was catching up. We're back. Um, okay. Week seven, Saints at Cardinals. 
That's fun. DeAndre Hopkins' first just... game back, and it's against Marshawn Lattimore. That's fun. That is his first game back. Yeah, because six games is mentioned. Yeah. Fun. Then uh, Ravens at Buccaneers. Elite. Yeah, this th- every Thursday night it's a must tune in. Well, th- there's like two cut Eagles, Texans, Falcons, Panthers. But then it, listen, the, these next couple Titans at Packers, Bills at Patriots, Raiders at Rams, 49ers at Seahawks. Then they end on Jags, Jets, Cowboys, Titans. But still, most of these are, are really good. Really Cowboys good. Cowboys, Titans is a good game. I, you Absolutely. think the Cowboys are ass, but I. Oh. Listen, we'll see. <laughs> All right, so week week uh week five though. So I have met four and zero. What do you have, Matt? We had him. We both have him at four and zero. But okay. then it's at Baltimore, which I believe I was a coin flip on this game, but I think you gave Baltimore the win. I did at home on Sunday yeah. night. Yeah. Bengals get a long week, though. They play Thursday, and then they don't play again until Sunday. I understand, but this is a muscle flex game for the Ravens, who got beat down, beat down twice against the Bengals, and they were decimated by injuries last year. They're trying to show out. They're trying to reclaim that division. I'd bet the farm that the Ravens take this game at home. It's just a must-win almost. I I also wanted to point this out, because you just have their first five written down, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I just wanted to go through this real quick. We both have them, let's say, four and one. Say they lose to the Ravens, okay? Yeah. Then they're at the Saints, home against the Falcons, at the Browns, home against the Panthers. Let's call them seven and two, okay? Jeez Louise. Can we do that? Can we? Yeah, that's absolutely fair. Absolutely Okay, they go into their bye week, week 10. What I want everyone to listen to is now we're going to see who the Bengals are. They have, they've, they have the third hardest strength of schedule, and you can see we haven't hit it yet. The Bengals' second half is brutal. Come out of the bye week at Pittsburgh, at the Titans, home against the Chiefs, home against the Browns, at the Buccaneers, at the Patriots, home against the Bills, home against the Ravens. Time Steelers, out. Steelers, Titans, Chiefs, Browns, Buccaneers, Patriots, Bills, Ravens. I want to pump your brakes real quick. Reread them again, but slow, and I have a comment for each team. Go ahead. At Pittsburgh Sunday night. I think they beat them. Okay. At the Titans, 1 o'clock. You can't even argue the Titans are down. They beat the Titans. Okay. Home against the Chiefs. Beat them twice last year. And what did they do to improve that? Yeah, no, no. I think they beat the Chiefs. I like what you're doing here, and I'm not going to say yeah. I disagree. Home yeah. against the Browns. Come on. Yep. I, I'm at, sorry. They're beating the Browns. At the Buccaneers. You know Brady ain't going to let somebody come into town. But then again, I, well, they have that's, a, that's, a, that's one of the best games of the year right there. But they have back-to-back home games in December and then go down to Tampa. Where's that game at New England? At New England. That is the only thing that gives New England a pissing chance because it's going to be cold. What what time of the year? This is December 24th at New England. Thank God, because otherwise the Bengals would run us out the gym. Then it's uh, <laughs> Monday night home against the Bills. That's a fantastic game. And then they're home against the Ravens. Now, I'm not saying it that God, that's a dirty team, dude. That is, I, they're going to kill some teams. But I'm just saying, I'm not saying that um, 
like week to week those matchups the Bengals can't no you're right I'm not yeah good but uh no weeks off Steelers Titans Chiefs Browns Buccaneers Patriots Bills Ravens I mean what if they win those first three and then start to get a little gassed out playing literally massive matchup after massive matchup and you look at it every single one of those teams are AFC Except for the Buccaneers, sorry. Get the bank, All Buccaneers, but one yeah. are AFC. So it's just, I'm not saying they can't win those games and ends up being 13-4 and four or 14-3. and three. I'm just saying after the bye, we're truly going to find out if this team is what we think they are because they could fall off. But again, it's just, that's a brute. They're going to get to their bye week with a big lead of games to be able to lose a few in that back yeah. stretch. But we, we got to watch the Bengals because say they get to the bye, and they've slipped up a few times, and they're five and four, or even six and three. They really can't afford that with that second half of the schedule. So the one thing I don't want to do, because I did this two years ago to the nine, I believe it was two years ago to the Niners. I jinxed them. I absolutely jinxed them. I said their floor they was both, fifteen and one or fourteen and we two. We stood or on the table for the 49ers. Yeah, and they got decimated by injuries. And the Bengals, if they do get injured, obviously could step back. But if this team is remotely healthy. They are a force, dude. They're a wagon. <laughs> people don't even realize it. Like people will jump on that Patrick Mahomes bandwagon way too quick. I'm sorry, but this Bengals team. Tell me where the Chiefs are better. Everybody's on the Chiefs. Tell me a spot where the Chiefs are better than the Bengals. And don't say quarterback, because to be honest, I'm not so sure that's true. It's close. But it's it, definitely like, close. They're better at coach. They're either they're either um, like a toss-up or better. Coach tight end. Just about. That's all I got. That's all I got. Yeah, coach, coach tight, tight end. end, easy. Maybe D-tackle, Chris Jones. <sighs> that defensive line, the, the, the Bengals oh, got him to the Super Bowl, dude. Yeah, I know you mean. Yeah. I think everyone understands. Like I said, everyone paid attention to the Bengals last year. They were a story everyone could root for, and they're excited to see him next year. But. You talk about playoff implications, Monday night, January 2nd, in Cincinnati versus the Bills. Give me that. All I day. Gobble that up. All day. Um, two things before we get off. We got mailbag questions, and then I want to do last-minute predictions. But anything else on the Bengals before we move on to mailbag? Like I said, I love Joe Burrow. I'd love an autographed jersey, but it'd have to be LSU's. Can't hang up a Bengals jersey. No, I but, get it. That's um, fair. What a guy. What a division. Also, we didn't mention it, but the Browns have had a lot of kicker trouble. In the fourth round, they drafted Cade York, dominant kicker out of LSU. This could be the best kicking division in the NFL. Justin Tucker, Chris Boswell, Evan McPherson, and if Cade York shows up. There are a few other divisions, but off the top of the head, there's not a lot that are kind of loaded at, at, the, at the kicker position. And Tucker, so. arguably the GOAT. So, Yeah, definitely. If he had more playoff hardware and moments, but yeah. in terms of, hey, the ball's going through the uprights when he kicks it, don't miss. Yep. Uh, I want to wait till after the questions to predict division. Okay. Garth Wilson writes in, first and only question you guys will need to answer, and honestly, nobody cares about the other teams in division. He is a Steeler fan, by the way. Yeah, I know. Do you really think, like everyone else, that the Steelers would be worse this season with a better defense and more dangerous on more dangerous weapons on offense. 
basically saying, do you really think they're going to be worse even though their defensive and offensive weapons are better? They did sign some decent O-line and quarterback who is probably Mitch will have a better arm and mobility. He's basically saying everything that you've been beating the drum. Boom. Again, Garth, I believe the Steelers will easily be an improved team. The schedule is so tough that I don't know if if the record will reflect the performance on the field. The Steelers will be able to beat any team on their schedule, but they play a lot of really, really good ones. But we'll see. Um, I like our odds. Um, Obviously, I have to try and throw out biases, but not be too far off the deep end. But um, it's a a tough road in the NFL. But um, I love our coach. I love our team. I, I can't wait to see it. I think we will be better, yes. So, just to be just to be clear here, because I wanted to make sure I got something correct, but I don't see it. Okay, I'm not gonna look all day. Um, Pittsburgh was really bad at scoring last year. Terrible. So they could improve by five points a game and still not be where everybody else in the league is. The the biggest one that I always talk about is. You see a lot of, and I'm going to say some great names. I'm not comparing Mitch to them, but like when you talk about Mahomes or Josh Allen or even Joe Burrow, when the play breaks down and it's perfect defense, they can run for like four yards and get a first down. The Steelers haven't had that. The Steelers made the playoffs leading the NFL in three and outs. There's no way we do that again. And with the defense that we have, I just. I think the Steelers could be a dangerous team that could throw their hat in the ring towards the end of the season. But again, a lot of question marks, very young offense. I'm not going to lie to the listeners and blow smoke just because Brad's on the other side here. I don't know that the Pittsburgh Steelers are that improved at quarterback until I see Kenny Pickett. I've seen everything I need to see of Mitch Trubisky. I understand he's never played on a team this good, but at the same time, it's like, this isn't like a world-beating team. It's a good football team. I'm not saying the Steelers are ass, but they're not in the in the they're not in that next level of teams. We're not talking about them as somebody that's literally like a quarterback away. Could a quarterback elevate this team? Absolutely. As of right now, I don't know that they're a hundred percent better. I think they're a better football team, but are they better than nine seven and one? Schedule's tough. Eight and nine, if I'm throwing a record out just off the top of my head, schedule is extremely tough. And eight and nine sounds bad. I think that'd be a hell of a season, especially moving into a point where, like, okay, now we know we have Kenny Pickett next year. But I would hope to God if you're eight and nine that we see a little bit of Kenny Pickett for the end of the year. So, um, next question comes in from your dad. I'm almost 100% sure Pittsburgh will be fighting for first place in the North, but the question is, where does Cleveland finish with Watson? With Watson and two without. So where do they finish with Watson and without is his question. Um, With Watson, they'd be here we go. I'm just going to come out with it. With Watson, they'd be second in the division. Without, they'd be fourth. With Watson second, without fourth. That's, that's yeah. my prediction. 
So we, we do disagree, but we're not far off. With Watson, they're third barely. Without Watson, they're fourth barely. Without a quarterback, I think this team's as good as the Steelers. So whatever the Steelers are, they're going to be fighting for third and fourth. I think that's right there. With Watson, I think they barely edge the Steelers. I don't think either of these teams are as good as what the Bengals and the Ravens are. I I just don't. There's uh, and only because Deshaun Watson hasn't played football in over a year. We haven't. I mean, what you're getting, we don't know. We assume we're purely assuming. And I am truly going on an eight game suspension. And at that point, we're talking a year and a half. And then all of a sudden you're thrown in when these dudes are lubricated eight weeks in. Like they already got multiple practices under their belt every single week. They have I multiple think when games he says with belt. Watson. We're assuming he's playing all year. Okay. I think if my that's dad's the case, saying Watson was 16 games or Watson was okay. zero games. Watson was 16 games is still third place. I had them behind the Bengals and the Ravens, period. I agree I think with you, those though. Two he's teams are, at least eight. Like, yeah. I'm on the same pages with you. Yeah. Uh, so, obviously, you know I'm I'm high on the Bengals and Ravens. Um, you're, I, I think, high on the same. I think you're, you're obviously wanting the Steelers to kind of compete there, too. Who wins this division? Ravens. Wow. And I really now, thought we'd disagree. Well, and and straight up for people listening, that does not mean I think they're straight up better than the Bengals. Yeah, I just have to take in everything. They're a matchup nightmare during the regular season. Week to week, they throw you something you don't ever see. They have the easiest schedule by far, especially when you talk about the Bengals having the third most difficult schedule and the Ravens having like the 21st. Um, Ravens are champ on their shoulder too. Bengals may be having a Super Bowl hangover. Ravens have something to prove. We we should have been the one seed. That should have been us in the Super Bowl, not the Bengals. And they're they're back to prove something. Lamar on a contract year. Um, Ravens, Bengals, Steelers, Browns. If Lamar Jackson and Joe Burrow both play all seventeen games this year, I got the Ravens winning the division. I really thought we'd disagree, but we don't. Um, they're my they're my best bet going into the year of a team that's going to win the division. Uh, I feel very good about it. I think that the Ravens are being massively slept on. And uh, I'm high on them. Do I think they're winning the Super Bowl? No. Matter of fact, I would pick the Raven. I, this is funny. I'm picking the Ravens to win. But if the Bengals played at the Ravens in the first round of the playoffs, I'd pick the Bengals. I think they're a better playoff team. But the Ravens are a very good regular season team. And what they do correlates to wins in the NFL every single week, dominating the run game. And as you've alluded to earlier, which I'm going to pound this drum, they arguably have the best secondary in the league. And when you have three corners that can match up against three wide receivers, you stand a pretty solid chance. <coughs> I think that's it. Yeah, dude, AFC North, one down. We just busted that out. I'm kind of shocked at how fast we did it, too. Yeah, I was anticipating a few more mailbag questions, which maybe could have extended the argument 10 minutes, but... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, now you guys know if there was any additions, subtractions from the team that you may have thought not, you know, known about. You know, you get to hear from a Steelers fan's perspective about the Steelers a little bit. Um, but this division, everyone wanted to hear about. And I'm sure there's a lot of Browns fans who are like, how are these guys still having them in fourth place? I just don't know if I trust them. Their roster says they should go, but 
somehow, some way, they, I don't know. Browns are the Browns until they're not the Browns. Hey, it's been a rule day one on this pod. The guy by the sword. Yeah. Yeah, I think that uh, that wraps it up, though. So, all right, fellas and ladies and anybody else that's listening. If you're rooting for the AFC North, I hope that uh, your team wins. If you're not, then awesome. We out. Hey, guys. Real talk.